You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, How to Be Funny. Hey, hey. So, hi. So what was the big emergency? Why did you have to come running down here? Move that lamp. Let's go. Howard, you're knocking over... Just be careful with my mug there. Look at that. All right, what 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 is this that you have you, here? You don't recognize what this is? No, I. It looks like a rusty metallic airplane console. There, let me just put this thing up here. I'll flip the switch here. <laughs> See? What is that? A canned laughter machine? Oh, uh, there's laughter. There's delight. All the emotions of the rainbow, John. All in this little tiny box. Why did Why did you bring this down here? <laughs> John, I mean, I, I mean, I love the show. I mean, it, you know, it, but I don't know when you're making a joke. You're inscrutable. Mm-hmm. This box is going to let people know when a humorous moment's happening. It's going to get people onto the program. It's going to let let people know when to laugh, when to cry, when to jeer. Okay, first of all, I'd like to think that what I'm doing is a little bit more subtle than that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not telling people when to laugh, mm. when to, you know. I'm just saying I, that, I, that I think. It's it's confusing. You know, I, I'm just one of your regular listeners, John. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not one of your college professors. You know, I'm not sitting there with, with Camus dripped across my leg, drinking, like, chai milk. You know, I'm a regular guy. I got my coffee. I got my, my sandwich. There's probably some form of salami in there. And I just want to listen to what's going on. I want to have a good time. And and, and so who who would be operating this machine? Well, I got, you know, I'm familiar with this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm the one with the experience. And uh, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, been kind of intimate with it, so... Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll do it. So you'd be, you'd, you know, you'd sit in the studio with me during interviews, during my monologues. Yeah, and you know, if mm-hmm. I, you know, whenever I sense a little chuckle, I'll put in like a little light laughter. But I just, I feel like this maybe is a little cheesy. That's all. Well, way to, way to crap on forty years of television tradition, John. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I need to do the hard sell here. I mean, like this is. I, I mean, this should be you don't some, have to do anything. Yeah, I'm not. Come on, come on, come on. What, what, are you, what are you working on here? What is this? What is this? Could you, you get off on? of that, please? What are you working on? I'm, I'm, it's right. a monologue that I haven't finished yet. Okay, this is funny stuff. It's not funny. It's funny if the laugh machine says it's funny. It's funny. That's all people want to know. They just want to be led by the hand. Okay, here, here, read, read me some of this stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little, like, mix master magic here. Like, you, you just kind of read some of this stuff, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intuit, like, what I should, you know. Well, this is ridiculous. Okay, and then you'll be happy, and then you'll... you'll... So, so what's this piece about? <sighs> I mean, it's uh, it's not finished. I'm, I'm, it's, it's sort of a monologue about this married couple... And um, it's uh, it's sort of subtle and and it kind of psychological and there's a lot of wordplay and frankly Howard I I really feel like this is just gonna kind of muck it up a little bit you know we could only hope all right go for it hey, wait, wait, let me introduce you ladies and gentlemen John Goldstein yeah. uh, so it starts like this she was composing an in. I didn't even start anything. It's good, it's good. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, but what is that? Hey, pal, when stand-up comedians are on stage, they're going to deal with all this stuff. Yeah, I'm not there. a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I know, but you don't sit there telling the lighting man what to do, okay? I'm like the spotlight guy. You just, you just, just feel oh, the flow. Don't right, worry. All right, all right. She was composing an inventory of everything she could think of that was wrong with him. Number one, he always chose the wrong color necktie. <laughs> all right, all right. Number two... He could never put down his menu to finally order. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think this is ha-ha funny. It's ha-ha funny. All right, number three, he could not maintain eye contact with beautiful strangers. <laughs> number four, 
He tied his shoelaces with a look of great punk. You see, I didn't even get to the end of the sentence. I know, but the audience anticipates that. Number five. He had once confided to her that at night when he could not sleep, he conducted arguments with people from his past who had wronged him. And beneath the safety of his blankets, he won these arguments brilliantly, but more often than not, violently. Now, I think that, I mean, if you're going to be doing this, that's where you would put a laugh, because that's, what a, that's a little joke. That was a joke there? Well, I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, it's clever. I just, I don't really find violence that funny. I mean, I can put the laugh in if you want, but I don't think the audience will respond very well to that. But continue. It's good. It's good. Keep the flow. Keep the flow. He thought he knew himself, but she knew that he did not. She also knew that he never suspected okay, it. Jo John, you're going to have to start jazzing this up because, because the crowd's getting restless. What do you, what do you, if, what, if you keep what, it up, they're going to boo you off the stage. Who's going to boo? What audience? It's, it's this you. This is the you, audience. It's a box. It's you pushing buttons on a box. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it, you know, this box dictates what the real audience, the real listening audience, you know, how they're going to feel. All right. And, okay. Know. All right. All right. Um, where was I? Her thoughts were mostly about him, about the things he was thinking about. The only things that she knew were things that were... The only thing she knew... What, what, what is that? That's another, that's another effect? No, no, that was just me. No, I was yawning. Sorry, for reals. Sorry about that. All right. Um, okay, where was I again? But these were her thoughts. Thoughts made known to her through the things that he... She did... She did not know. Jonathan Goldstein, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together, mesdames et messieurs, for the incomparable comedic talents of Jonathan Goldstein. I don't... I had no choice I, there. I, she, he was thinking of her thoughts and thoughts of... Think, I mean, who's going to laugh at that? I mean, my God. It's not supposed to be funny. Well, you certainly succeeded in that there, John. That was certainly... That was about as grim as the crypt. Howard clearly... I mean, you know, I appreciate you're coming down here and trying it out, but it, clearly it, 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 I don't think it's working, and, you know... It works great for me. How do you mean? What do you mean it works great for you? I mean, you know, it's, it's just how you relate to the machine. you gotta, you got to flow can't with it. You can't relate? That's watch, the thing. Watch, it's watch, just watch, the watch. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? All right. There's some good times out there. Where are you all from? You all from Canada? I love Canada. Yeah. We're going to have a great show for you tonight. Howard. We have all kinds of guests from across the nation. Howard, have fun. You lock up. I'm going to go home and write. Jonathan Golson has to leave us now, folks. All right. Well, you have a great time, John. It's been great having you on the show. Okay, take care. Good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's just break up the applause meter. So who would who, you like better than that? Let's, we're just going to do a little test, okay? We like Jonathan Golson in the crowd here. Oh, very nice, very respectful, very nice. But who here likes Howard Chakwitz this evening? All right. That's wonderful. You guys are just too much. Oh, you're just too much. Thank you, thank you. All right, folks, got a little joke for you here. Look at this young couple in the back of a steamy car on a deserted road to the Tennessee. Professor Eric Hoffman. Yes. And, and Dr. Gary Rudorin. Yes. You guys have written a book called Comedy by the Numbers, The 169 Secrets of Humor and Popularity. Yes. What's your central thesis, that anybody could be funny? Anybody who reads our book can be funny. I agree with the humbleness of Professor Hoffman um, and his understatement on this issue. 
What would you say to, to, to if, if someone were to say, you know, people are just either born funny or they're not? I'd say preposterous. Yeah? Yeah, I think uh, with the formulas that we present in this Biblet, I think anyone can be funny. I, I can't think of anyone uh, who, who couldn't look at this and get something out of it that would make them funnier. Right, but I mean, like, like even if I look at like number one hundred and two in your book, playing drunk. I mean, and there's a there's a cartoon of someone dancing with a lampshade over their head, and Absolutely. over it it says "Life of the Party." Right. Now, to me, I mean, that seems sort of, um, I don't know, kind of antiquated and not necessarily, you know, so funny. Are there other people in that cartoon laughing at the guy with the lampshade though over his head? Yeah, I know, but I mean, they're just, you know, cartoons that you just wrote ha, ha, ha over their heads, you know what I mean? Well, that was, based, that was, that was a cartoon, but it was based on an actual um, experience we had. In, in, in the past 50, 40, 50 years? I don't think any classic comedy routine is ever going to totally die, uh, including getting up at a party with a lampshade on your head. Nowadays, it's, you know, maybe putting a, trying to balance a bong on your head, or you've got a you know, an old pizza box you got on your head that you're jumping around with. But it's the same idea. Nothing ever dies forever except human beings. Number 72, I think this is one that might come in handy for me. It's 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 titled Microphone Bits. Mm, yeah. Uh, some that we point out in the uh, book are uh, pretending that the microphone is an ice cream cone, uh-huh. uh, using the microphone cord as a whip, I would only add, uh, amongst others, is the classic um, tell a joke, get no reaction, and then tap the microphone and ask the microphone, is this on? Right. Is this on? Uh, n- number 23 is uh, cross eyes. Oh, yeah, one of the staples. Uh, it's been around since uh, funny began, I think. And it's most deadly when conjoined with uh, a number 94, which is pain, reaction to pain. Um, I think if you're a young kid and you discover that you can cross your eyes without having a debilitating effect on your eyesight, Mm -hmm. you're going to be the most popular person there because you have this unique deformity. Which which is a funny deformity. Jonathan, are you saying you've never laughed at somebody with cross eyes? Maybe Maybe in grade school. Okay. We're not discriminating with this book. We hope grade schoolers will, will buy it. And right, but, I mean, you're not encouraging people to, you know, point and laugh at, at, at no, people. No, no, that, that would be a totally different thing. That would be making fun of someone else's flaws. Right, that's is, a whole other uh, number. Which is number 68. Number. Really? Yeah. That's, let me just flip ahead here. Yeah. Number 68. Yeah, you're right. Number 68 is making fun of someone else's flaws. You uh, you suggest nicknaming someone in the office that you hate who has a lazy eye, uh, nickname them Lazy Eye Mort. Well, if his name is Mort, you have to adjust if, if he's got another name. Number 31 is Double Talk uh, slash Gibberish. Uh, yes, Double Talk and Gibberish. Can, can, can uh, either of you give me an example of some gibberish? Well, the, the, the laugh rhythm that you should be uh, bopping to when you do that kind of thing is... Gibberish, 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 English language joke. So if you were doing German, mm-hmm. you'd go, Machen Sie lieber, da frossen, da Eisenschein machen. I hate tofu. That's kind of the rhythm. Um, 
142 you, you, uh, is, is titled The Pause. Could you, could you give an example of, um, of, of using a pause to humorous effect? Gary, can you do that? I can. Nice. That came off like dead air, but it was really just a pause. It, it, I, I notice there's a lot of, um, also there's, um, you, you've peppered the book throughout with little uh, comedy fun facts. Ah, uh, yes. Such like here, this one, like, a uh, comedy fact, Curly of three of the Three Stooges fame resented shaving his head because women found him less attractive. Another one is, uh, you know, comedy legends Abbott and Costello, although funny, funny men, hated each other and are now dead. That's a fact. That's a comedy fact. Uh, I, I was just going to ask you if um, if you've ever been confronted by people who have said, I've tried out this stuff, and, I mean, it just uh, it doesn't seem to be working for me. We, well, sometimes it takes a little uh, adjusting. you got to tighten the screws a little. Like we had one chap who uh, called in and was saying that, yeah, you know, the double take was just not working for him. And uh, we probed a little bit and found that he was just kind of using it when he was sitting on the bus and people thought he had an affliction of some kind. And so a lot of times it just takes a little modification on how you're using it, but no one who's using it the way we point out that it should be used uh, is having any problems. Everyone is, is changing their life. Um, really, people are out there, they want to be funny. We're just helping them. Have you ever met anybody, if you said to them, hey, would you like to be funny or would you rather not be funny? I don't know of anyone who's made the choice not to be funny. And and two charges that maybe, you know, you guys are sort of mercenary, you're just trying to make, uh, you know, an easy buck on the whole how-to thing. I mean, what, right. what, what would you say to that? I mean, maybe comedy is just one of those things that isn't as easy as just, you know, 169 steps. Maybe it's something that... You A lot of people, uh, the, the haters, I would think, try to say that, you know, there are no easy answers. And I say yes, there are. This day and age, uh, I mean, we've conquered everything that I think we need to conquer. We figured out the the key to everything that we that we've ever needed to know, uh, mankind. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the final key. This is the final step. Comedy, figuring that out. And we did it. Mm-hmm. It took the right guys to do it. Um, all right. Well, uh, th- thank you guys for uh, oh, thank you for so talking much. about your book. Thank you so much, Jonathan. We appreciate uh, talking to you about comedy. Uh, say, Doc. What is it, Bill? Do you think I'll live to be 100 years old? Well, I don't know. Let me see. Do you smoke? No. Do you drink? No. Do you stay out late at night? No, sir. Do you run around with the flapper? I should say not. Well, what in the world do you want to live to be 100 years old for? Well, anyway, there's something wrong with me. Well, there must be if you come to me. Well, there will be if I pay you. Do you mean that you won't pay me? Why, how much do I owe you, Doc? Well, now, let me see. You owe me for four visits already, and uh, this makes five. Well, put it all on one bill, and I'll disappoint you in a lump. <laughs> Come, Bill, let's get into the song. All right, Dave. It doesn't pay to worry. It doesn't pay to fret. If you lose or win, always wear a grin. All you can get from worry is wrinkles on your brow. We found the way to live long. Let's tell the folks just how. If your bank roll is bent, laugh it off. <laughs> when they call for the rent, laugh it off. <laughs> when a fellow falls. 
when. All you can do is whistle till we meet again. If you feel on the bump, laugh it off. <laughs> if you're caught selling rum, laugh it off. <laughs> if your wifey runs away and they bring her back next day, laugh it off. Oh, brother, laugh it off. If you I wake up in the morning and there's already a dozen emails from Howard about how I have to start using the laugh track machine. Right. I I, uh, I was actually I was afraid to pick up the telephone when you called because uh, I've been inundated with messages from him. I, it's it's not easy being being in your position, you know, big important man, you know, lots of uh, lots of constituencies, That's you know, everybody everybody clamoring for peace. All right, you know what? Can I be frank? I'm not gonna. Can I be frank with you, Beans? Write that down. That is brilliant. That is funny. Can I be frank with you, Beans? What? That's not funny. Oh, it's gold. No, no, it's not. Laugh machines aren't funny. The p- puns like that aren't funny. Let me tell you something. You don't need a laugh track when you have something as funny as this. This creates its own laugh track known as laughter. I, I, in your ivory tower. First of all, I'm not an ivory tower. I'm, I'm at a complete... You're, you're humor-proof tower. I'm at a loss. You're in a humor-proof studio. I am at a <laughs> I'm at a complete loss. I'm laughing because it's so unfunny. Really? You're laughing because it's unfunny, eh? Yeah, I don't even get it. Fra- can I be frank? Like, like Frank and Beans? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I guess if I have to dumb it down here, yes, that is what so I'm would, saying. But it's, it's clever. It's no, Frank and Beans. No, you'd have to call me and Beans. You'd have to say, can I be Frank and Beans, wouldn't you? No. It's, it's not, that's not funny. Can I be frank with you, Beans? You know what that is? That's pure genius. That is the new, that's the new catchphrase. That's the new, uh, I mean, well, give me a TV catchphrase. Give me a famous one. Sit on it? What you talking about, Willis? I don't know. Yeah, there you go. This is, this is the new that. Those are the old new this. You want me to give it some sass? Can I be frank with you, Beans? What's, I don't understand what's funny about that. My name isn't Beans. Franks and beans, the foods that go together since time immemorial. Since man started hunting Franks, he has eaten them with beans. Wouldn't my name have to be Beans to make it work? It's, it's like explaining this to a child. And, and beans is plural. Except that a child would get it. Go, go ask everyone in your office. I'll wait. I'm not, no, I'm not going. And beans. Go ask, go ask, go ask, go ask. All right, hang on a second. Wait, let, let me just poke my, my head outside the office door, okay? Hang on one second. This is stupid. Hey Ted, hey, um, could you come here? Uh, can I can I be frank with you, Beans? No, that's terrible. What? I just said it. Okay, no, 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 forget it. No, 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 no. I'll talk to you later. He thinks oh. I'm. He's looking at me like I'm an idiot. You are an idiot. I said, can I be frank with you? But I don't even get it. Can I be frank with you, Beans? I mean, a computer could give the line too, and probably, quite frankly, it's better than the way you did it. But you just don't understand. It's still, it's still okay, wait, hang on. So, like, maybe if you said, can I be frank? I, you know what I can actually see? Like, if you said, "Can I be Frank Deutschmark?" Because Frank is a currency, and and Deutschmark is a funny-sounding word. Wow. Deutschmark. You, I say respectfully, are an egghead. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Look, you know, if me, if being a man of the people means making a stupid joke like that, you know, then I, I completely, I refuse. You know, I, 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 I will, I'm not going to be a man of the people then. I would refuse to make a stupid joke too. 
this ain't stupid. This is brilliant. It appeals to the, to the lowest common denominator. It absolutely doesn't, unless you consider the lowest common denominator being funny, in which case it does. It's not funny. No, it's now, funny. Any normal, right-thinking person would find it funny, except for you. Stupid. If I sold that joke to a sitcom, I'd be a millionaire. I'm giving it to you for free. If you use this joke as well you should, it'll increase your listenership into the triple digit. That's not funny. I don't understand. You're so I'm not. I don't understand that joke. You're an egg-headed mule. It's not I, I know funny, and that's not funny. Can I be frank with you, Beans? Well, then I must confess. I was never really funny as a kid. I was shy and pretty odd. When I dared speak out of turn, I did so with what felt like a pool ball in my throat. Even being looked at for too long made me feel as though I were telescoping into myself, like a collapsible traveling cup. I wore my own existence as though it were scratchy and ill-fitting. Eventually, joking became a way of apologizing for my own uneasy presence, a way of acknowledging what everyone must have already been thinking. This boy is sweating through his sandwich board. A sandwich board that reads, Born to Lose. My mother always found laughter in the house suspect, and so when I did manage to pipe up and get a laugh, she would usually tell me that people weren't laughing with me, but laughing at me. I said that was fine because I didn't like to laugh with anyone anyway. When I laugh, I told her, I laugh alone. I wasn't sure what that meant, but I had the vague sense it sounded like something Clint Eastwood would say. Laughter cannot exist without its victims. There must always be an at. Henry Bergson wrote that man is the only animal capable of being laughed at, and that's as good a definition of being human as anything else I've ever heard. To be able to laugh alone, one would have to have objectivity, a special perch from which one could look down on the folly of men. Perhaps only God laughs alone. I imagine it must be a tremendously lonely thing to do. I find myself thinking back on my childhood quite a bit, sometimes searching for funny stories, but more often than not, trolling for unhappy, embarrassing ones. I linger over them, chewing on them as you would a canker in your mouth, to produce a sensation that is both painful and comforting. Like there's the memory of my father cutting my hair in our driveway when Shoshana Glickman, the prettiest girl in our ninth grade class, happened to be walking by. As I sat there on a stool, our kitchen tablecloth wrapped around my neck and my mother shouting directions to my father from the upstairs bedroom window as the fallen hair wandered in puffs along the asphalt like drunk mice, as I made eye contact with Shoshana and as she sneered at me, I could not have known then that I was living out the first draft of an anecdote for a radio monologue that would not exist for another 25 years. Stories of embarrassment from the past, placed in the mind's wine cellar and later uncorked, often prove funny. It's like a kind of entropy occurs, where the worms are chuckles, the maggots titters, or, in other words, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Allow me to illustrate. When a flower pot falls off a windowsill and lands on your head, if you've survived, you will probably not laugh. 
But in time, after having turned it into an anecdote to draw friends and potential lovers to your side, you will revisit the moment, lingering over what you looked like wearing the vase like a pork pie hat. You will say the flower in the pot was a begonia, because begonia is the funniest sounding flower you can think of. And in this way, Howie Owie becomes Hardy Hardy. Again, comedy is tragedy plus time. But the thing that is not accounted for in this equation is the variable of time. Exactly how much time? I used to have a girlfriend who became friends with a poet. She told me that unlike the way I wrote, usually on folded Dunkin' Donut napkins, he wrote with a quill on rice paper. She was baiting me, of course, but I refused to take the bait. Still, she went on. I told him what you said to me the other day, about how the chicken I made you was dry, and he said he'd appreciate my chicken. He also said that if he was there, he would have placed you in a headlock until you apologized. I think he's writing a poem about it called The Headlock. I can get you a copy when it's done. Thinking about it now still makes my stress vein throb. How long will it take me to see the comedy? It was over ten years ago. And still, nothing. When it happens, my laughter will be a kind of epiphany. My giggles will be punctuated by the reassuring backslap of my geriatric nurse, making sure that I am not in fact choking on my glaucoma medication. But I continue to try at least to see the comedy in things. There really isn't much of a choice. Being able to share these kinds of stories afterwards, to think of them in retrospect, to make people laugh about them, turns them into a kind of trophy. Marion Faithful once said that the best you can expect from a relationship is a song. Maybe the best thing you can get from personal shame is a laugh. People say I'm the light of the party On Wiretap today, you heard Howard Chakowitz, Joshua Carpati, and Professor Eric Hoffman and Dr. Gary Rudoran, authors of Comedy by the Numbers from McSweeney's Books. You also heard an archival recording from the comedy duo of Billy Jones and Ernest Hare. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Bertwintonic and Carolyn Warren. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.